to another episode of Tinfoil Hat. Tinfoil Hat. Come with me into the waters of conspiracy with Sam Tripoli. Sam? Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. Mr. Sam Tripoli. Sam Tripoli. With my friend Ryan Davis. Uh, hi, Ryan. We're like the first gay couple of conspiracy theories. I think it's beautiful, man. I love their partner. What the fuck are you guys even talking about? Are you ready to get your mind blown? Revolution will be podcasted. All right, and welcome to another fun festive episode of Tin Foil Hat. I'm Sam Tripoli. Thank you guys for tuning in. Joining me, as always, is my partner in crime. The one and only, the most off the grid motherfucker ever me. He's a young Christian warrior. He comes to fight. He fights for, for love. love. It's off the grid. Ryan Davis, how are you, buddy? Dude, I'm doing great. Today is like my birthday episode, even though my birthday is in October. Yeah, I mean, we got you. We're super excited about having our guest on. Uh, we'll get into him in two seconds. First of all, thank you for all the love on the last episode. You guys either absolutely loved Hollow Moon or absolutely hated it. But I'll—that's t- all I want. I don't want in the middle. You know, I don't want you to take it or leave it. I want you to be like, dude, that's the greatest episode I've ever seen, or dude, that is pure garbage. And I want you to go to war in the comment section on YouTube. I mean, dude, we had like 400 views at one moment and like a hundred comments. Like that's. 25% of the people are commenting. That means something's going on. And oh, we'll yeah. do that all day, dude. It's only weird when you comment before it's even possible that you watch the entire thing. That is weird, right? You I'm ever like, done that? Said somebody like someone saying some junk on something. You're like, well, check out this video. And they literally hit you back quicker than the video is. Yeah, you're like, wait, wait up, asshole. It's not even done yet. Take a moment. To re- or you send it to someone and they won't even watch it. And they're like, I don't care. I don't want to see it. I have open-minded friends, Sam. You're the only one with closed-minded friends. I, uh, that is true. I uh, I loved Hollow Earth. I mean, it just opened my mind to so much. And uh, we're going to keep doing shows like that. And we're, you're going to keep loving it, and you're going to keep hating it. But you know what? You're going to keep coming back because we love you, and we need you. And uh, we appreciate everything. Our numbers keep going up, and it's all because you guys keep telling your friends about it, okay? You know, go to you can go find us everywhere, iTunes, SoundCloud, uh, Laughable, our good friends at Laughable. Check us out on Laughable. Download the app. Look for Tinfoil Hat on Laughable. It's where you can find all your favorite comedians. And let's say you're like, oh, hey, I like Sam Tripoli, right? You put in Sam Tripoli, it lists all my podcasts, all the podcasts I've been on, and it lists some of my tour dates. So it's like it's a one-stop shop. It also has my albums on it, everything like that. So go to Laughable. Start listening to Punch, uh, excuse me, Tinfoil Hat on Laughable, and uh, help us get our numbers up. Get it bam, bam, bam on Let's Laughable. Like Google Play, iTunes, you name it. We're all on that, guys. Uh you guys are loving the t-shirts, man. We're so thankful for you guys. You guys are loving the smoke weed, eat pussy, hail Satan shirts. Uh, that's flying off. Tinfoil hat shirts flying off. The woke prints flying off. You guys are great. Go to allcomedytshirts.com and uh, support the show, man. Uh, you guys buy. This is literally what's going to happen. 
The money that you guys spend on our shirts, we are taking that money. We are buying mushrooms with it to bribe Ari to come on to do our 9-11 show on 9-11. Yeah. Don't forget Joey Diaz. That's how we're going to get him. We're going to get Joey. So the shirt you buy goes to mushrooms to bribe people to come on our show. Spend money. We're going to buy some drugs. Spend money, get a life experience. Go to the next level. Help us out. And then you also, obviously, the Twitters. You guys are following us on Twitter. All the news I like to put out, all my political talk, all that stuff goes on the tinfoil hat Twitter account. And that is MadHatter39ers. The Instagram is blowing up. Tinfoil hat pod. Go to Reddit. Go to reddit.com backslash tinfoil hat show. Get in there and discuss it with other people who love the show. And uh, the YouTube is youtube.com backslash Sam Tripoli. Uh, we put a video up there of Ryan going to ladies' night at the Satanic Cult. It's awesome. It was the Women's Mass, and it was put on by the Los Angeles chapter of the Satanic Temple. And it was on August 13th. It was a Sunday. So, you know, what a better day to get Satanic than on the Sabbath. I went out there. I witnessed a liberation ritual and a bloodletting ritual. Uh, my buddy DJ Buddy, he followed me and filmed it all, and it was awesome. It was the nicest people I've ever met. No mean muggers. It was like better than any club I've ever been to. Sam put it up, and within 24 hours, he was like, eh, "I want to work in the Middle East and Mid- Not in the Middle East. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to do stamp in the Middle East. I'd love to do it in the Midwest, where you drive around and they have statue of Satan. So it's come. To, I've come to the conclusion I have to create a YouTube account for just tinfoil hat. That will be the first video we'll put up. And you'll find it and you'll love it. I love the video. It's just some farmer guy's going to be like, hell no, man. I ain't going to go see the show. This comedian <laughs> loves Satan. And then he's going to call it a wacky hut. Hey, wacky hut, man. Why are you having Satan worshippers in your thing? So we love everybody. Obviously, we're all about praise Jesus, hail Satan around here, right? So we love everybody, but some people don't understand it. But... It will be up very soon for all you. It was so produced really well. DJ Buddy off the grid, really knocking it out of the park real quick. Before we get into this, I want to uh, quickly give some shout-outs to our fans. I mean, our, our sponsors, excuse me. As always, our good friends at Dream Donut Truck in Los Angeles. Go to uh, Twitter, go to uh, uh, Instagram, and get look up Dream Donut Truck. And uh, just know they really support the show. They load us up with donuts. And uh, we're very thankful for that. And again, laughable. Please check them out. But are also our 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 fan, uh, one of our favorite uh, sponsors, been sponsoring this feed since the beginning when it was back in the Naughty Show. So that's like four shows ago. Okay, uh, is the one and only Speedweed. Speedweed.com for all your medicinal marijuana needs. Go to Speedweed.com and if. They're in your area. They are the pizza. They're the dominoes of weed. They will get weed to your house. So go support our friends Gino and everybody at speedweed.com. So now that that's done, oh, real quick, my dates. Tonight I'm at the Tony Hinchcliffe final Monster Energy drink show in the Comedy Store. Uh, Friday, the Naughty Show live at Harvell's in Long Beach, two shows, 9 and 11 p.m. We uh, Tickets are, are $15, VIP $25. Go down. It's going to be a great show. The lineup is killer. George Perez, uh, Kate Quigley, you name it. Uh, Josh Denny from the Food Network. It's a great. There's two shows. Second show is even filthier than the first show, so come down and do that. And then on September 14th, it's Aranta Tours live at Molly Malone's. Jason Ellis. Uh, 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 Mike Tully, 
Josh Denny. I mean, the list is awesome. You can go find it on Twitter. Check it out or my Instagram. It's great. So enough business. Let's get into the show real quick. Why don't you introduce our guest very quickly, Ryan? Hell yeah, Sam. Today's guest is a legend in the L.A. underground hip-hop scene and a member of multiple groups such as OMD of Mexican Descent, The Visionaries, The Shapeshifters, Sun God Sons, and Mind Clouders, just to name a few. He's got about, he's been on, I think I counted it correctly, about 45 albums total throughout all of hip hop history, not to mention his one that's out just recently. He has been featured in the award-winning documentary film, This Is Life, centering around the alternate hip hop movement that sprang out of the legendary cafe, Good Life Cafe. And it is an honor for me to welcome to the Tinfoil Hat Podcast, Tumex. Oh, man. Thank you, man. That's that's an intro right there. Yeah, man. dog. Feel, yeah. I We're big like fans of yours. Re- I'm about to retire. Oh, come <laughs> on, was, man. That was it. That was like your Hall of Fame speech man, right that there. Was, I, I feel like I'm in the WWF Hall of Fame <laughs> right there. to do it. And before that's we get too crazy, uh, since we're down with the film right now, but uh, I'm going to get this anyways. We got a little gift from you. Speaking of L.A. Speedweed. Oh, Our good friends at L.A. Speedweed, they sponsor what? the uh, Comedy Chaos Show once a month. At the comedy store in the main room, we sell it out. They sponsor it and they give us a gift bag. And we knew we were coming, so we wanted to uh, oh, hold man, one awesome, for you. Dude. So Let's this is a gift bag from our good friends at LA oh, Speedweed. We got L- edibles. Oh, uh, we have yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Vape, vape pens. That's a chocolate. I already know about this one right here with right. the chocolate. Uh, there's a weed in there. I think wow, you can take a look at yep. this thing right Oh, yep. It, yep. Oh, I use this, too, at the yep. house all the time. Yeah, and then I don't know, unless Ryan Mystery baking. Yeah, There's weed somewhere yeah, in yeah, here. Yeah. There's actual green in there somewhere? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh man. That's this is the final bag right here. Oh, oh yeah. Is, is this right it here? in here? No, yeah. Wow. Okay, hey, here you go. guys lace me, man. Check that that's out. There's up. another so bag. That's a bag that I personally put together. Uh, if you can go ahead. Oh, so man, I'm about It's all audio. Look uh, at this. What is this, Mexican Christmas right, right now? So, Dude, my parents never even treated me like so this. So for those of you that don't know, <laughs> go ahead. What's Ooh, inside some, that sock? I got nangchampa. Yeah, because you got know, some your car is going to smell after today. I got the, is this a Cure CD? That's one of my favorite oh, Cure albums, dude, man. You know that I have I got it from Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me tattooed on my wrist right dude, here. Dude, this guy it. has your rookie card, dude, bro. He guy, knows everything. This guy, man, this is like, this is your life right here. Yeah, this and is since we're all about the Illuminati. Oh, I got Illuminati air freshener. Oh, oh that means sh- I won't get pulled over by the cops. Yeah, dude. I love that. And then, dude, this is what I'm talking I think there's weed in here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's weed in there. Oh, man. That's Holy shit, dude. You went deep on that. Now, if you notice inside that bag, the bag is where the real kicker is. Oh, okay. man. That, the, that blue sock. Oh, check out the blue sock. Oh, here. Oh, man. Check tell out the me, blue sock. Oh, man. I, I, I feel like telepathically, I already feel like it's going to be some what is mushrooms. That? Yes. Oh, damn, dude. Take them You now. got mushrooms for so everybody. Yeah. Girl Scout cookie. Dude. You got some golden cubensis straight from Humboldt County from a little guy I know. Oh, happens to be named dude. Juan De Niro. He's the Mexican Johnny Cash. Is he? Oh, Shout man. out to Juan De Niro. Thanks for the golden cubensis. Let me cubensis. tell you something right now. Thank you very much for all of this stuff. And this right here, as of tonight, little by little, this will go away every night. Because I, I shroom about once every 72 hours if I have it. So it's like, oh, man, you just loaded me up. I'm good for like four or five. I'm so good hell for like yeah. four and or five th- sessions. Oh, I thought it was perfect you. for what we're about to talk to. Oh, man, perfect. Man, man, I'm blessed, dude. Thank you very much. I'm uh, like. You have no idea because uh, it really is an honor for you to be here Mexican for me personally. Cri- uh, it is Mexican Christmas. Mexican uh, Christmas, bro. Like we hook it up, dog. I mean, as of so MCs good. in hip-hop that go that changed my life and helped me to really open my mind. I mean, it's Karis-One, 
It's Tupac. It's the Jizza, and honestly, man, it's Tumex. Oh man, really? I appreciate yeah. that, man. I grew up in a, in the ch the hills right next to Chino. Oh, okay. So you so, are you were exposed to the yeah, LA so underground. I, I to was the always LA underground at El Taconazo on Second Street. Man, I, I used Taco to go Nazo. back in the day, dude. Dude, you want to hear the funny? The funniest shit is that my new album, my label, Water the Plants. That is Taconazo. What the fuck? My you want to talk about some crazy circle shit? My label, Water the Plants, is Taconazo. The people that run Taconazo is Water the Plants, oh, as, wow. which is my label. So that is, you want to talk about full circle? Because I remember those all those little underground shows in Pomona. With bus driving, yep, with everyone. Yeah, well, yeah, 10 years later, um, I had a radio show. I still have a radio show on K-Day, a hip-hop show, and Taconazo was one of my sponsors. And, dude, last year they we, we started talking, and, dude, they, they signed me to that record deal that put out L'Hospital. So that's, talk about full circle, man. Now, you have a big show coming yeah. up now, too. Uh, Pay Your Dues, is that what Yep, I yep. I'm the host of uh, the Pay Dues Festival, which is uh, this this in two weeks, the 16th and 17th. Uh, in LA, and it's a big, uh, it's a big uh, underground rap festival that that's coming back for the first time in five years. It used to go down for about a good six or seven years, and uh, it's coming back. And it's and it's got hopefully, if Lil Wayne survives his, his epileptic seizures, that he, he I don't know if you know, but Damn. he woke up yesterday. He was like in a seizure or some crazy. Man, shit. he's got to stop doing that syrup. That lean. Dog. It's the lean. It's the lean. Yeah, he's got to stop if doing he that survives, shit. Yeah, if he survives these next couple of weeks, uh, Lil Wayne's headlining. Uh, the the show, but uh, yeah, man, it's it's a. Uh, hey, how can two white boys get a ticket to that? Two white boys can just get uh, on my guest list because I can you hook go. you up. Dude. Snaps, and dude. If, if you're in the LA yeah, area, you definitely need to go to pay dues, man. Oh yeah, man, it's going down. It's in Pershing Square, and uh, it's the 16th and 17th, and uh, it's a hip hop festival, man. It's two days, and it's Little Wayne, Jay Electronica, Red Man, Met the Man, Ghostface Killer, uh, some living legends, some of the living legends, and then a ton of just underground artists from all over the country. You know, Pay Dues is always a, the kind of show that uh, would break new artists. I mean, there's so many big rappers. I mean, even like Kendrick Lamar and some of these big, really big rappers that went through Pay Dues. Pay Dues was like sometimes their first big concert. You know, that Merce, the guy that throws it from Living Legends, he, he has a knack of giving groups their their big break you know what i mean and and for this one that's coming up on the 16th 17th there's a crew from east la they're from boyle heights they're called east of the river and they're 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 like that perfect scenario of like underground kids that are putting in work and then pay dues is like their first big chance to play in front of ten thousand people you know what i mean so that's, awesome. that's what pay dues does Ten thousand people gonna be there. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. I think both nights are almost sold out, especially the Little Wayne night because it's Saturday and Sunday. And I think you know the Little Wayne night is a uh, Sunday, which is the more like, I guess you would say more like, poppier night that's got a couple more bigger artists. Whereas like the headline for Saturday is Absol, who's like a really underground dope dope dude. So it's kind of like it gives you like a little more underground and then a little more mainstream on Sunday. I think. Hell yeah. So yeah, yeah, it's dope, man. That's, That's awesome, dope. dude. We're excited, man. We'd love to be on your guest yeah, list. Yeah, man, check I'll that shit up, out. dog. Don't even trip. Thank bro. you, dog. I mean, yeah. thank you. I mean, I'll for our you, listeners dog. that don't know you, I mean, I grew up with Filipinos, so like straight up, shout out to the Flip Mode Entertainment Squad because you guys, DJ Buddy, Ocampo, Malkovich, oh, yeah, Skiltron, yeah. aka Dementia. Dang, I mean, he said Malkovich. Yeah, that, that dude's a straight yeah, up yeah. hardcore white boy, but oh, he's yeah. fucking knows. I know what you're talking about. So these guys, no joke. They were the ones that turned me on to underground hip hop because I was known as the White Devil or the White D. 
And they're like, this fucking guy just likes Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, The Cure. Right. And I would always be like, man, all good music's already done. It's either two, it died with Tupac, Karis one was the pinnacle. You know, I was like, Wu-Tang's still hitting it, but what is going on right now? And they're like, let me lace you with something. And they told me about the visionaries. Oh, dope, dope, dope. So if you can explain to people who don't know you. Yeah, for sure. You know, um, just give it that rundown. Just to give you guys a, a rundown, man, my name is Alejandro Caña Jr. I was born in East L.A. I grew up in mid-city L.A. on, on a Washington and La Brea in a, in a nice prostitution crackhead neighborhood. Yeah, dude, and, uh, I've probably been there. Yeah, yeah, as I'm saying. And then uh, um, I'm part of a L.A. underground collective. I started rapping at the Good Life Cafe on Crenshaw and Exposition. And because of the Good Life Cafe, which was an open mic that, that oh, had... Oh, there's a rapper open mics? Open Mic Eagle. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, you come oh, yeah. down with, like... Oh, rapper open mics? Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's oh, so what happens? They come down and they just, like, this, they have one This particular one, or... check, check, the one that I came from, which was called the Good Life Cafe, it was on a Thursday night, and it was only from 8 to 10, and it was on Crenshaw Exposition inside of a Muslim health food store, and the place only holds... 50 people but somehow 400 500 people would come every <laughs> thursday and a lot of underground rap groups groups from like everything from groups kind of like the far side jurassic five even even groups like that didn't go all the time like the black IPs and all this stuff yeah. it influenced a lot a before lot. fergie yeah yeah before fergie that. exactly yeah it influenced a lot of uh it was like a cultural place where you would it was almost like an apollo so you basically would get there you would sign up and you would get five minutes and you had, there's only a couple rules, no cursing, no disrespecting women and a couple other rules. And you basically would go up there and as soon as you start rapping, either they like it or you would get booed. It would be like, <laughs> we had a thing called please pass the mic. So you start rapping and then people are giving you a chance. And if you're doing good, people start cheering for you, giving you love. If you suck, then all you... Please pass the mic. <laughs> Please pass the mic. And they would just boo you the shit out of it. Or like if you accidentally cussed, if you were just like, run up, run up, run up, fuck it, she cut you right the fuck off. Damn. So it taught you like, it taught you discipline. And it taught you to like go every week with one prepared song. So for me, that's what it did. It made me, I wanted to, you know, shine there. So I would all week write one song perform it in the mirror do my thing and then go there and it was like a little open mic and a lot of big groups and a lot a lot of artists uh you know polish their skills and i'm one of the lucky ones that that got to bounce out of there and because of original groups like freestyle fellowship and and cve hip-hop clan all these underground groups because of them i got to uh I got to be like the second generation of that, and I got to travel all over the world, man. I went to 22 countries, and isn't that crazy? Man, I, I, I'm very like similar that. like that with my stand-up comedy. Right. I have, um, you know, I flunked first grade. I was held back, and because they didn't feel like I was mature enough for the next level, which is brutal to tell a kid that he's not ready for second grade. What were you eating crayons? Uh, Yeah, dude, 100%. So, like, the fact that I've been, like, I've been pretty much every continent on the planet telling jokes, man, and you would, I mean, they, I'm, I'm a little older than everybody, but you know, it's like they, they expected me to pump gas. Like that's what that was expected. Yeah, and of you me. followed your dream, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, it's all about following your dreams. You know, I tell everybody all the time, it's really about just doing it for yourself. Like a lot of people want to, want to connect financial success with art. And I'm like, dude, it doesn't connect like that. As long as you're doing what's pure in your heart and you're making you and people happy, then you've, you've out of control succeeded more than 
the millions and millions of people that are trapped in their fucking cubicles that hate what the fuck they're doing and don't want to fucking I couldn't uh, agree more, life, dude. You know what I mean? I could, you know, I couldn't agree more. I want to get into something before we start listening to a couple of your songs, or maybe you want to listen to the songs Go first, but... Uh, you know, we always get asked to talk about, and we're going to do a whole episode on it, but yeah. I kind of would like to pick your brain a couple min- couple minutes me. on it about the uh, the push f- by the record industry, the radio industry, to more push uh, dirty gangster shit, shit yeah. Oh, yeah. over, like, the more intelligent, like, if you're, t- you're a free-flowing intelligent guy, it's hard to get play because they want a certain persona to, and, you know, there's I- this I'm gonna whole- I'm going to break it the fuck down, dude. Right, dude. I come from an era... Cause I actually, you picked the right person to ask. Cause uh, in the mid '90s, I actually worked for Columbia Records, DreamWorks Records, Jive RCA, Def Jam. I worked for all these labels. I was a street promo guy, and cause I wanted to know how records got put out. So I, you know, when I first started rapping, some of my friends got signed to major record deals, and I kind of tagged along and started interning at labels and all this shit. And to be honest with you, man, there is a con. There was always, even from the NWA gangster era, there's always been a conscious effort to pretty much promote either violence or ignorance. And and I've sat with major record executives at even places like Interscope and Sony and all these places, and they've straight up looked at me in the eyes year after year after year, and they've been like, there's no money in positive shit. There's no money in intelligent shit. The money is in this ignorant shit. Because as long as you keep people ignorant, right, you keep people fantasizing, like all the music that's out right now, this little Yachty bullshit, all this little bullshit that's out right now, as long as you keep the people ignorant, then what happens is they work all week and when Friday comes, they get their paycheck. I call it being Friday rich. You become Friday rich. So you work all week like a fucking rat on a running wheel. You get paid on Friday. Then Friday and Saturday are the two days that you live out the fantasies that you watch on TV every day. Oh. So you watch, you, that, those are the only two days that you get to live out that fantasy of being a rich, balling, getting bitches, you know, doing, spending money like a pimp and all this shit. And so, so what happens by Friday, by Saturday evening, you're broke again. So now Sunday you rest, and then Sunday you got to mentally gear up to go back to fucking on the running wheel on Monday. And that whole cycle, as long as they can keep you in that cycle, then they know how to sell to you because they know how to market to you because they know who you are. They know that as long as they sell you that dream. So I know for a fact that, that the record label industry and just the industry as, as a whole promotes ignorance, and it tries to promote that shit and things that are intelligent every now and then intelligence shit seeps through and you know you need a counterbalance you need a Kendrick Lamar you need a this and that you need a fucking you know intelligent fool every now and then just to break public enemy and shit but for the most part there there is a conscious effort to promote ignorance because that way you keep the consumers in the bullpen and you know where they're at but does it go even darker than maybe even it the goes, consumer in that it's more about promoting a lifestyle that is condu- conducive to getting you locked up, yeah. throwing oh, yeah. you in jail, not listen to authority, telling people authority tells you to do something, fuck authority. You do your own thing, and then now we got, you know, because, like, gangster rap comes out just a little before the crime bill of 1994 in which Bill Clinton signed in, which made crack, the a nugget of crack, the, uh, the same uh, crime as a helicopter full of cocaine. For sure. For so sure. now you got this thing going on where it's like, hey, man, get paid, get bitches, 
fuck the police, do all this fucking crazy shit. Now, I'm not saying that the police didn't deserve a little bit of fuck the police, too. But, like, setting up this anti-authority thing that gets you fucking locked Well, even up. the cops lose, man, because you become a police officer and you want to do the right thing, yes. right? You want to fucking serve and protect and do the right thing. And now you're caught up having to fucking constantly arrest people that that shouldn't really even be going to jail now you're caught up having to almost have to step into you know premeditated race wars you have you know what i mean i know people that are cops that are good as people then there's a lot of a lot, of, cops. A lot like, of people man my but grandfather it, was a cop. dude i know a lot one of my homies he was a cop and he died and then was ricardo lazaraga and he got shot in the back just going inside of a house you know what i mean so I agree, but you know what? The reason all that was set up was because, dude, the the money was in the prison industrial complex. Yeah, that's who were making all the fucking money in the nineties. You know what I mean? And the two, still today. Well, today, yeah, of course. You know, well, now it's like, now it's like, you know, now do everything's digital. You know what I mean? Everything's a digital crime. It's a thought crime now. You know what I mean? So we're stepping into the we're stepping into the world of, you know, we're stepping into cybernetics man we're about to step into minority report and all that kind of shit so but but i definitely well they've done that in israel where they uh calculate they've done analytics and the numbers add up and they go oh your analytics say that you are uh the probability of committing a crime is very high and they'll come and arrest you and talk to you well they're gonna do that with your bloodline they're gonna do that they'll be like you know what your family has a history so they that, that way you never break the tr- the chain of like maybe in your family you have a history of crime or low level crime or you know people in your family have done shit and so they'll fucking they're gonna get to the point where they're gonna fucking based on your blood heritage they're gonna say you know you just come from poor stock yeah. And they're just going to fucking put you in that, that vibe of like, yo, your family's always been these kind of people and this and that. That's why on, on higher, higher levels, people like us and when we, you know, when we grow up and we interact with friends and fall in love and marry and have kids on our level, we, we're never tripping on we, who the fuck we fuck with. We just love good people. But when you get to the higher echelon of these so-called elites, they won't even let you marry into their like... They won't even, you know, they, go they won't even, they just too. won't, ha- they won't make it happen. It just, you know, they just El don't Gore's, let, it, let it happen and shit. El you know? Gore's daughter right now is marrying a Rothschild, you know? I mean, if you don't Lock think there's in. some fucking kind of game being played and that one side cares more about you than the other side, the fucking, one of the faces of fucking global warming is marrying into a family that has a direct, you know, hand in the chaos that is in our world i mean it's like it's it's so incredibly obvious what's going on and you know you talk to people about this and they like they just don't see how it's like rich versus poor they want to make you know it's like i said last week the the only color that matters is green and that is fucking lizard people and they're like they're fucking running everything it's true man you know it's true man we all break our dude i'm i man if you if i really could eliminate all the stress of having to make money man like i mean it's like it no matter who you are no matter how spiritual you try to be no matter how good you try to be we're we're secretly at the end of the day in the dark in the corner of life where money we go to bed and thinking about money we have to be like how much i have to pay these bills affects my i gotta do this shit i gotta uh, dude every day i wake up and it's like you know i've made mistakes in the past like as a promoter like i used to throw concerts so like let's say i threw a couple festivals that lost money so in my mind it's always like man i gotta pay back these investors man i gotta fucking there's always fucking something you're always chasing oh you're always dude i could have fucking 10 grand in cash and i'm like why is this not enough like i could have 10 grand in cash and let's say i have 10 grand in bills and i'll be like 
instead of just giving the 10 up and squaring up, my mind's like, how can I flip this to 20 so that I could fucking pay 10 and still keep 10? It's like that that natural is just it sucks, but it's just in us. And it's because we're. We were totally, we've been bred to think like that. I mean, is there, yeah, I mean, there's no money, other, you know. As the uh, cost of living goes up and the amount of wages goes down, they're doing that on purpose so nobody can buy houses. Nobody, now you're always renting. Now you're always renting yeah. and it's just you're caught in that fucking cycle. I mean, I personally don't give a fuck about owning anything. So I've never been, I've always, tri- I mean, how do you own a house and you still pay property tax? What do you truly own then? If you fucking actually own something, to me, I always thought owning a house means you bought it and when it's outright, if that shit costs 500 grand and you paid 500 grand, you shouldn't ever pay another fucking penny. It's just like when you get your car registered, and uh, I know I have family in Mexico and I have friends in other countries and they're like, that is so weird. You know, out here, when you get a car, you only register it once. You pay registration once and then the car is yours forever. But here is like every year we got to check in every year. We got to fucking get dude. I got to get to get my license back. I had to get insurance just to get the license back. And then as soon as I got my license, I killed the insurance. You know what I mean? But it's like I had to like pay the fucking tax. <laughs> Like I got to pay the fucking yeah, tax, dude. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, there's a big you know, dis- there's so. a big belief that the feminist movement was funded by the Rockefellers oh, yeah. simply for the reason double of income, I double know. income I and taxing. They weren't taxing half the population. And they're like, why are we only taxing the guys with people with dicks? Yeah. We should be taxing both snatches no, and dicks. And now and and yeah, for sure. When when back in the day, it was the man's job to be the provider and you know, I mean, you know, those, I, those cool ideas can get out there. Yeah. I'm totally cool with that. I have no problems with that. But when you look at, like, there's almost something oh, yeah. sinister going on there as well. Hey. And it's all the tax man, homeboy. Oh, dude, it's all. I was watching the, man, I was geeking out on YouTube yesterday about how they said that you could pay all your outstanding debts with your Social Security card. I was, hey, I spent an hour <laughs> looking into that. I was on Amazon <laughs> trying to fucking do that shit and it wasn't working for me. And I was like, I was like, dude, I was like. Yeah, Dude. watch those videos. They sometimes they, like those they, people, they'll, treat, they'll set you up. Technically, you don't shit. ever have to fucking pay your taxes by law. You don't have I to pay know, taxes. But know, if you dude. try not to do that, you will end up in jail. I yeah. already know, dude. Ask Blade I, about that, man. Hey, yeah. man. Oh, Wesley Snipes. Yeah, dude. I told. But let me tell you one that I was right on, though. I always, my parents, you know, they're from Mexico. They're, my parents were born in Mexico. They're citizens now, but they they're born in Mexico. And, dude, my <laughs> parents used to always freak out about the fucking, when you run the red light, that camera flash shit. And I always <coughs> used to tell my parents, that is bullshit entrapment. You don't have to pay that shit. You don't have to pay. And I would get in those kind of tickets, and I'd be like, I'm not paying those shits. And literally five, six years later, they got sued and no one had to pay those. Because well, I was told that you know when I mean? you go to re- register your thing, if they're like, hey, you owe this on this traffic, and you're like, I'm paying that, technically they cannot enforce you to pay that. That is a private thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, my buddy and I had a plan to uh, rent a convertible, and then we were going to get a Bigfoot suit, and we were going to blow all those lights in one <laughs> night and just sh- and take and the license plates off the, pl- uh, the, uh, the car and, just, and just show up on the news as, like, Bigfoot is blowing. That's oh, funny That's fuck. fucking dope. Yeah, that's dude, fucking that's funny. that's funny as fuck, That's some man. stoner shit right Oh, there. yeah, dude. I, I, yeah, dude, my parents, I'm telling you, my parents, that's where they get you, though. They, they, it's all based on fear. Yes. You know what I mean? My parents would geek out if they, they'd str- they'd stress out if uh, they got a, what is that shit? Where you gotta go jury duty, oh, and they'd be like, "Oh, I'm like, dude, fuck this. I'm not gonna participate in that. I will go. I go straight to the court and be like, you know what? I'm biased against the cops. I, I, 
So the, get, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, well hell yeah. For those that can't see, because we don't have video on this one, it's down. Uh, it's a conspiracy that Aaron set us up before he went to Europe. <laughs> he, was like, he wanted to make sure that he had a job when he came back. So good job, Aaron. You go. <laughs> You're waking up. But uh, one of the tattoos I see on you is a heart. And that's something that when I think of Tumex and visionaries and open-minded, it's all about love. And here's the transition. For, sure, for those man. That, that don't know your music, we're going to play a little something here. This is one of the songs that has been my anthem for a long time. Dope, man. So, love fights back. Oh, word. You're taking it back. When all else fails, love fights back. When evil prevails, love fights back. When everything is wrong, love fights back. The name of the song, love fights back. Another summer sets as the sun got sunsets. Singing quietly as our solar system quits. Les estoy dando mis últimos abrazos. Welcome to Chicano. Still give chingazos while the world is unraveling, becoming in two. How can I worry about battling you? When everyone is hating, love fights back when everyone's debating love fights back when the world is crushed love fights back when you're feeling that rush love fights back there's only so much time to eat sleep love and create i will be hosting a series of debates at the hotel airports many will challenge but our whole court i'll be in santa monica with my karma harmonica inviting all of those that want to go on the journey all attorneys will turn into tablets of e i have never tried lsd but i have seen the teletubbies on TV, and I have heard that it's an exact simile When babies start calling their television sets Mommy, love fights back that's so. a great line. Oh, man. That's a great line, taking dog. Taking it back right there. That's, that's a great line. You're taking it back line. to 1999 right there. How that's long you been in the game? I started I started writing songs in 1991. Damn, dude. Yeah, that's dude. even longer than I've been doing stand-up. But yeah? I've been doing stand-up for a long that's cra- yeah, time. Yeah, I was a kid, man. I was like 16. I was always a fan, man, of hip-hop. And then I just... My dad made music, so my dad plays guitar and keyboards and... My dad writes songs and short stories, so I was a little arty kid right off my, you know, my dad. I remember Ain't watching wrong my dad. With that. Oh, yeah. So that's where I got it from, my pops. So. I mean, it's so much to hear you speak, and if anyone's hearing you for the first time, they can hear in your voice that you come from a place of elevated, higher thinking. But, damn, to me, I'm a white guy from the suburbs, so it was like all I ever thought that hip-hop was, I had nothing to relate to. And I started going to visionary shows, go to Project Blow, go see you play with Pid- with fucking L.A. Simph back yeah, in the day. Yeah, man, Pigeon John. And uh, people would be like, oh, shit, it's fucking LMNO. I'm like, who? And oh, so, yeah, 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 like, I thought I, you were LMNO because you were like, white, yeah. Yeah, but I was like, I don't have LMNO. And you look like Jay, but you look like James, too. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but, damn, I'm telling you, you you've reinvented yourself so many times and i mean it makes sense that you've been involved with a crew called the shapeshifters but one of the ones that really like spoke to me was uh the mind clouders were yeah man mind clouders was uh me and this this now were these each different sorry yeah is these each different groups that you're in yeah yeah constantly different groups yeah because you know what what we would start doing is that you know you'd be in a group my first group's called a mexican descent and then me and me and that group like you know you make music and then you know, you meet other friends and other guys got beats and like, yo, this this guy's got beats over here and this guy. And, you know, sometimes you just kick it with other people. So then I made another group called the Visionaries with five other guys. And the the, the Mind Clouders came from the Visionaries because uh, one of our producers was this guy named Todd Mumford from Santa Barbara, California. And he made beats. And it was like, you know, he started giving the Visionaries beats, Elemental beats and all this stuff like that. And then me and him talked. And we made a group called the Mind Clouders, you know. And so me and him made a project. And that was a, a project that um, a lot of people 
a lot of people, after all the things I've done for 25 years, a lot of people say the Mind Clouders is one of their favorite, you know, records. It and, reminds me a lot of uh, Jack White. Jack White loves to the, do like yeah. so. He'll be in three or four different bands. And I had a group member, Ike Owens, from my group. I had a band called the Look Daggers, and he was before he passed. His last band, he died on tour with Jack White. He was Jack White's keyboard player. Yeah, yeah. Jack White's a great example of a guy that just kicks it with a couple friends, makes an album, makes a group. Then, you know, maybe a year later, two years later, kicks it with another set of people, makes... We were definitely like that. The LA un, the LA Underground rap scene was was built like that because we were so creative. You couldn't just make that one thing, you know. LA, LA is a place full of uh, people that we, we weren't going to, like, settle for one thing. You know, we had to keep moving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know mix I mean? it up. Yeah, yeah. Comedy's mix it up. like that, too. Yeah, dude. yeah. Uh, I, like, we just... I'll give you an example. Like David Grohl's like that, too, too. He's yeah, from like, Foo Fighters. Yeah, he's and, got a, a, a oh, couple he, all, different bands. Yeah, he was drumming. For, he even... He drummed for a bunch of bands. Yeah, yeah. and... Uh, what's their name? Queens of the Stone Age. Yep, you know, yep. did a bunch of different Tenacious ones. D. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we drummed for Tenacious D. Yeah. And then looking at Sam, you might not know, but this guy's got a hip-hop background. He was once a part... A member... Of the HDI Breakers. Yeah, we were break dancers from yeah. upstate New York. Oh, yeah, we were sponsored by the Holiday Inn, dude. HDI. And, um, yeah, that's what's we up. Were, yeah, man, we got we got sponsored uh, Kangos and fucking tracksuits. Hey, and, and back then that was everything to be to be dude, like. I used fresh. to be in the uh, dude. I grew up on Motown, uh-huh. so like I was into urban music very right. early from my father. We everybody else was listening to rock and roll and all that shit. My dad loved Motown. I was always listening to Motown. So the transition in to rap, which was rap then, and then hip-hop was very seamless for me. So when Aerosmith and Run DMC did a song together, it was like the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I, like, my two worlds came together. I, like, made my mo- I made my mom take me to the record store to buy that for 99 cents. Yeah, that was dude. one of my first 45s ever just blew it up this way that was one of my favorite songs of all time i'm from that exact era i'm i'm 44 right now so that was i was from that exact i was an mtv kid i saw the fucking rocket i saw the first day of mtv and all that shit like, yeah oh, dude hip-hop sugar hill gang all that shit it just dude. sucks what happened to mtv dude you know like yeah going back to like the suits and the way they see you were talking about yeah. the prison stuff like that and i've been talking to people that about this about how television will never change because the people who own all the channels they don't their money that they make in tv is nothing compared to what they make in banking drugs right. and war and that is what they make all their money in so they for the longest time they've used television to promote what gets them the most of those other things yeah, so they'll drive it to the ground and, and that's why MTV m- will never come back because, you know, yeah, people want to watch music videos, but you know what the people want MTV to do? They want them to ar- people arguing about race and sexual orientation and all that right, shit. Right. So that's what that channel only pushes is just a- MTV jumped fun. the shark. You know, it's a, it's a rap. You know what I mean? It had its time. You know what I mean? But Viacom in general uh, between MTV and VH1, I mean, they just destroy. They basically owned. See, they, they got the golden era of hip hop. So Viacom. They literally have all the footage to all the classic shit, the Beastie Boys and El Cool J and all that. They have, they own all the the first twenty years, and then they, and then after that, they just they don't really give a fuck. They don't like, give a fuck. Like Karis one said, man, he would say once a year. I remember him saying this. He's like, once a year, MTV calls me when they need a quote from an authority, 
And he literally would be like, once a year, MTV gives me like $20,000 to fucking sit and do one interview to act, to, to tell them what hip hop is. And that's literally where the fuck they went with that. You know and I mean? now they throw these big MTV mu- music awards like they just did a couple weeks ago. And it's very much remis- reminiscent of the uh, Playboy Mansion and like how the Playboy Mansion had such a huge moment in time and it just didn't keep up with the times right 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 and but they would throw these parties like it was 1985 or 1975 or even 1965 and it was just it's not the same thing so they had these award show and you know five people five million people watch it maybe that's great for cable but at the end of the day compared to what it used to be which was like, I mean, like, it was up there. It used there. to be an event. It used, it used to be to the be Super Bowl to, yeah, of yeah. culture. Oh, for sure, for sure. Did uh, you I, ever go to the Playboy Mansion, Sam? I, I've, Dude, I had a radio show on there for a year and a half, and they kept saying I was about to go, and I never got in there. Goddamn. It is upsetting because the air is done. They've sold it off, and, you know, it just is what it is. It's another thing where it's just like they – they didn't keep up with the times, and then they bought too much in. Well, that's what to happens. What culture every happens. every ten or fifteen years, basically, culture literally goes off the cliff. And if you don't adjust, you go. Off. I mean, that's what happened to record stores. You know what I mean? Like every, you know what? Ha- I'll, I'll tell you because I worked at the record labels. I'll give you a prime example. This is the example I give to people all the time. Let's say like a Mariah Carey, right? So every time Mariah Carey put out an album, you know, she'd sell 3 million, then 6 million, then 8 million, right? She was selling ridiculous. So then finally the, the wall hits where like a Mariah Carey, let's say after her last album sold 8 million. So now the next Mariah Carey album comes out. So what do they do? They press up 10 million copies because th- th- it's on a pace. And then something happens where it just the scene changes and all of a sudden Mariah sold 1 million and now there's 8 million fucking CDs and Tower <laughs> Records and it's a motherfucking loss now multiply that times 500 artists and you have a fucking it's a rap it's like a motherfucking it's like when the fucking economy died you know what I mean so that every X amount of years it happens with Napster it happens with iTunes it happens with Netflix it's gonna happen with something else you know what I mean do you and think it, that keeps, um, you gotta adapt do you think that the uh like they, I always find that the suits get greedy, and that's what causes change. Like rap, like there was like Jay Z was putting out albums with seventeen tracks on them, and two of them were good. Three of them were answer machine messages, right. you know. And you're like, why am I, why am I dropping seventeen bones on this for two fucking songs? So then Napster comes around, and everyone's like. Now you don't have to buy the whole CD. Now you can listen to the two the songs one you, you like. Want. Yeah, that's and you're true. like, fuck yeah, that's what I like. And but then you don't realize it gets you hooked on not well, paying it, for shit. It's kind of well that, and that's exactly what happened. But what it is also is that the thing is that we the the record industry. This is what happened. They started. We started giving people. It's called co-signing. So it's like it's like you know it's like if a you know back in the day, let's say like man, I got Snoop Dogg on my album. So back in the day, 10, 15 years ago, if Snoop Dogg came out on your album, your album automatically sold 100,000 just because Snoop Dogg was on it. So then what happened? It's like a movie sequel. It's like bad movie sequels, right? So it's like all of a sudden co-signing became this thing where then people started paying for co-signing. And dude, I, 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 I do it on both levels. Like me people pay me to get on songs and vice versa there's times where i see an og from that i like more bucket list than anything i don't really do songs with bigger artists than me because i want i think my records are gonna sell i do it because i love them and i grew up liking them right so i'll be like man grand poobo i'm gonna do a song with him or whatever so you show respect and you pay them I respect but the cold but the co-signing thing 
was something that really burnt out. And next thing you know, once again, once you do it too much, then it gets burnt out. And then all of a sudden, every entity starts taking losses because every label started paying uh, these these artists 20,000 30,000 for their cosigns and all of a sudden the cosigns meant less and less and less and it didn't matter if you had fucking Snoop Dogg on your song 10 years later it doesn't mean shit yeah. it's not gonna mean your record's gonna sell anything yeah. let's hear one let's hear another song so as Love Fights Back became an anthem for me another track that you made uh, I would always just mutter this shit and I would be like paranoia will destroy you word so mind clouders here's a little another mind clouders action <laughs> As I ride my bicycle against the one way I'm like an icicle on a Sunday Cold drops poured over old crops As long as the soil's strong I will uncoil the songs That will boil away the wrong I'm an indigenous bond with a mysterious surface As serious as this earth is Feeling worthless The fury of my verses Require a series of nurses With a tenfold of doctors But my info's been doctored is manifolded and lockered at Lockheed Central headquarters under lock and key mental dead orders nothing but bedridden coroners in the corner playing organ donors like Philharmonics still to feel harm honest in a full arm harness I'm a full-time artist in a full mind's darkness paranoia will destroy ya paranoia will destroy ya paranoia will destroy ya and i got a lot maybe too much for ya that's great dude Bird, man thanks that's fucking that. great it's kind dude. of a cool little like episode to do because hey sam uh he was like man this guy uh he did really good on felipe esparza's and i was like dude felipe didn't even know him all he did was see him and that's kind of the transition into how Felipe got you on uh, yeah. What's Up Fool, is how he saw you on Instagram. Yeah, he hit love. me up when I was in the hospital because apparently, uh, apparently, to people. They don't his know. fans. Well, apparently, because uh, I was in the hospital, for people that don't know, <laughs> I had to get the, my right leg amputated under my knee last year because of uh, complications from, I was an undiagnosed diabetic. I My stupid ass didn't know. I was fucking drinking two liters of Coca-Cola a day. Oh, and fucking snaps, Gatorades dude. and fucking not. I'm like a world traveler, dude, so I wasn't taking care of myself, not going to the hospital, just not even checking up, dude, just stress and running around like like a crazy, like, you know, musician guy. And it, it, like a comic, you would be on the road. Dude, I just did Philadelphia. Dude, I ate like shit. Dude, dude, exactly. I would eat like shit forever, and I wasn't taking care Undiagnosed diabetic. That's that was that's the truth. But at the same time, I just like was a grown man that wasn't taking care of myself. Long story short, I went through all that traumatic bullshit. And while I was in the hospital, Felipe Esparza, who I, I already knew who he was, being a fan, he hit me up and he was like, "Yo, I hope you feel better." And man, I just want to say, man, like your music's cool and like thank you. And I was like, man, that's so dope. And I guess my fans were hitting him up and telling him to hit me up, and he did because he's such a good ass dude. And then later, he is not, a good ass yeah. Dude. And then later, later, that just ended up to me being on his podcast last month, and and then I gave him a CD, and he was fucking, he's been hitting me up and being a great guy ever since. You know what I mean? Dude, and I love that your stuff. that that podcast brought a lot of attention to the record, and it and it's brought me here back with y'all. You know what I mean? It's dope. yeah. I feel like you have a theme just in the fact that there's that hashtag, my fan base will destroy you, and yeah. also the the album and whatnot. The fact is that like you're surrounded by love and positivity, and we. Uh, we don't have trolls. We have uh, ravens because a bunch of ravens is an unkindness. So, right. and that's only on the YouTube, really. Besides that, man, I don't. Got- I don't let, let me. I just want to clarify. I, I don't think that anybody 
is uh, I don't think we I think we have loving fans, and I don't think you mean it like that. I'm just gonna I just want to say that I think we have really loving fans that just Passionate. love debate. They love debate, and occasionally they like to talk some shit. But I'm not against that because I like to talk some shit. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, me too, man. I I I I appre- like you know I have another podcast called Punch Drunk Sports, and this guy went nuts today because he's like, "Where's the podcast?" And everyone's going crazy on him because it's like it's free content. But for me, it's like I appreciate that passion. You know, if you're critical of something, and we got a lot of shit on the last one because we did the moon is hollow, right? Is the moon hollow? That was your thought. Is it it the Death Star? Is it an alien satellite? And people got so fucking mad. And they get so mad. But you know what? I'd rather have that than have, like, fucking, you know, not giving a shit at all. Apathy, no, I, I, just like fucking. I don't care. It's fine. I'd rather have people look, be. As long as motherfuckers are using their brains, I'm with it. Like, use your brain. Like, yeah. As long as you're having thoughts. As yeah. long as you're having, like, even if they're opposition thoughts, as long as you're having opposition thoughts and, and your brain's working, I'm cool with that. As long as you're not a fucking zombie and, and just go with the flow of everything. You know what I mean? So I, I always appreciate. Constructive criticism yeah, I always appreciate, is perfect. I, always I don't mind appreciate it. People hey Sam, take a talking, little more on this. Yeah. Take a little, little of that or that, and be like, I think this could be better. And just like, this is fucking dog shit. If you comment that every time on every YouTube video, I'm just like, okay, you gotta go. It's just like right, right, right. No, I appreciate people when they ha- when when they have the ability to think because to be honest with you, we're not always gonna be right. And and I, I love being wrong because when I'm wrong, I'm closer to being right. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the one thing mm-hmm. that people have been telling me, and I was telling Sam, uh, is to speak up, Ryan, speak into the mic. And I'm like, man. I mutter ever since I've been born. I talk like like I'm making love inside of a church library. <laughs> Slow, soft, and sweet, you know? So you guys, I'm, I'm trying harder, guys. I'm trying harder now. But uh, Well, right. the thing I love about Ryan is that Ryan, look at that little fucking right there. It looks like some weird kind of secret cave down there. But listen, <laughs> R- the thing I love about Ryan is Ryan literally came from just a dude who is my friend that yep. we met in a program trying to better ourselves and now you're like kind of learning the ways of like being an entertainer uh, a communicator and stuff like that where me and two max we we wanted this like we went into it going okay I'm, I'm in the long haul and like we learned through fire you know and right, how to right. fucking do yeah. it and shit whereas you it's kind of fun to watch you kind of learn this stuff at this hyper speed Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's fun, man. And it's like, it's crazy when you have, like, people in fucking Europe going, dude, Ryan's a hottie. It's like, it's it's surreal to me that this little thing that we do in Burbank resonates with people across the pond and stuff like that. Yeah, that's the similarities between stand-up, between podcasts, between being someone on the microphone, an MC, is that it's all about what you could put out there. And for me, coming, I mean, I got to just keep on bringing this shit back to my own personal experience, but... I used to do a lot of mushrooms, and I know yeah. you said you've never done acid, but I used to do a lot of mushrooms. That's and, my favorite. And so that's why I was like, I got a perfect gift for you. My favorite. I would break down this one track, like end over end. I remember this one mushroom trip where I was just locked doors, lights are off, and I just would play this song on repeat on my Sony Walkman, which they don't even got anymore, you know? Yeah, which so, sucks. So what's crazy about this is this Nothing's shit- Nothing's tangible now. This shit is alphabetical, yeah, all right? Bro. I mean- I don't know anybody else that's done something like this, but this is literally alphabetical. And I played this for Sam before, and he was like, what the fuck? So here you go, Audible Angels. Word up, man. You guys are tight. In the middle, in the front, yeah. 
Attention all audible angels Before billions burn, before brains blow Communication cannot calmly converse Demographics delegated, dissoluted, diverse Evidently, eventually, everything ends First fascinate friends, force foes defend Gradually the greater good grows and graduates History has holes, however humans hesitate I invest indigenous interests Journals journey, justify jokers' deaths The kin of corrupt kings keeps killing kids Live for life and love levitating lids Money makes many men's minds miss Never mind newness, now we need nourish Oppose only one organization Pray and protect the peaceful population You, 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 and all of you in the back And in the middle and the front, yeah So you, 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 and all of you in the back And in the middle and the front Word up, that man That was pretty cool, Yo, man, man. You, Hey, that's, you guys are really Now you're really getting into like, man I really appreciate that, that you know so much of my stuff, man And that, speaking of mushrooms those are the kind of things that my mind opened up when I was younger taking mushrooms. I was that that form of writing obviously it's called alliteration. And when I was started being into hip hop, I, I saw a couple rappers. I think one rapper from New York, his name was Chub Rock. Chubby guy. Yeah, Chub Rock. Chub Remember Rock. Chub Rock? That was down with third base yeah. and all that. Chub Rock, he did that one time in a song where he he did that kind of like real dope and you, and I was like, "Whoa." And then I was like, "Oh, it's alliteration." And dude, I used to shroom out in my house and spend hours and hours writing secret songs and codes i would i would do like i'd pick a letter and be like you know like w i'd be like you know when we walk we walk wrong right with wide width was water wet when we wore white with you know i would just like start geeking <laughs> the fuck out you know manifesting mexican the matador metaphor you know like and now and i would just get into that and i would start writing songs in codes not unlike some Illuminati shit that I used to read because I used to read Holy Blood, Holy Grail and I used to read Behold the Pale Horse and all that shit. Oh, Behold the Pale Horse. That was my first thing, you know? And then, then, uh, so that would actually affect the way I would, there's songs that I would write and I would write codes. Like, so every line would be a letter and then by the time you finish listening to the rhyme, it would spell something out. So I was, my mind was expanding. Oh, I love that. Oh yeah, I have a song called, uh, I have a song with my friend AWOL1 and Cool Keith, and uh, it's called Enemies. And so since the song's called Enemies, my, the song spells out, fuck all you biters. So it's like, fake friends only fabricate the fuse, understand that undergraduates use carnival cues because they can't copy clean. Knights now know I'm the kilometer king. America is all angles and, a- you know, fuck all you biters. And it Dude, would spell it out. Badass. Yeah, and it would spell, you know, <laughs> LA, you know, spell shit like, you know, underground hip hop will save the world or whatever, you know, I would spell, I would write my shit in codes and people, you know, though a lot of people didn't really understand what I'm talking about even to this day. So then I realized that, you know, that's just something to do, but it's not the only thing to do. So then I would write something, you know, I like, man, I like women. I like other shit. So, I, you know, <laughs> love songs, political songs, just songs about being fresh, songs about, you know, hip hop is very misogynistic, songs about being the best rapper ever, you know, like. I wanted to do everything, so I would never like put myself in a box of being like, "Oh, he's a this rapper." I just always wanted to do everything possible. I I feel that like, you know, from a stand-up point of view, like my 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 vision of stand-up has changed so much, and this show has changed me so much. And like, I used to get really sad because you know I had a lot of success early. I hit, I got a TV show that got renewed before any of my friends. I, I was, a, I went straight to headliner and all this stuff, and you know that gave me this false sense of like I had arrived, and yeah. then it kind of all went away. But I'm happy about that. I'm happy about that because um, uh, 
I've evolved. And now, like, I feel like I'm going to get a second chance to make a first impression. And uh, I'm really happy because this show has opened my mind so much. Because if I would have made it eight years ago, I would have been the porn star comedy guy. Right, right, right. And that was fun then because I really loved all that, you know. But now I'm, like, really diving into this world of, like, spiritual uh, uh, skepticism that this show's all about. Like, we were talking that, you know, that this show is basically the uh, compilation porn of conspiracies where (laughs) where we take the greatest hits and throw it out and you decide whether it's it's hot or not. It's boner jams. Yeah, it's boner jams, (laughs) dog. I got you, man. I got you. (laughs) And boner jams of conspiracies, dude. Uh But I'm so thankful for it because it's a growth and stuff like that. And since we've been talking about uh, psychedelics in general, and it's one of the things I hit you up about if you're down, because I know, I mean, the, the concept of underground elevated hip hop is literally third eye rap. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if you could, I mean, it's one of the themes that's also been happening lately. Sam's like, I got to find DMT. I got to get into the realm. Uh, that's so you've, my goal in you've life. You've done mushrooms. What else yeah, have you man. done? Um, I've done, I mean, all I've weed, mushrooms, peyote, DMT, uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else. You know oh, I've done I've done DMT opium, dude? salvia, opium. No, no, I haven't. Only LSD, salvia, and then and then I like I told Felipe on his podcast I got tricked into doing coke like once. That was it. I, I somebody was put it Sam in Sam Tripoli. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody put it in a well. Somebody put it in a joint in Oakland, and I just didn't pay attention. And I hit it, and I was all like, Wah! I was wilding out and shit. And my boy told me later, like, I left the room because they were putting coke in the joint. And I was like, Why didn't you tell me, fool? I was all fucking. I thought I was. I thought I was the greatest rapper of all time that night. Yeah, I fucking. That's what coke I did does, like the dog. greatest show of all time, and I was like, We just we're killing them. You know, I was like wilding out, dude, and my friends were just laughing. But uh, mostly my number one. As much as I love weed, I love straight weed. Weed's actually number two. I, I actually, without being too much of a promoter of it, I like shrooms and I find myself going in waves. I've been taking shrooms for the better part of 20 years. And I, I go through my waves where, man, I, I went through a wave where I did shrooms every week for three years, four years. And then I go, I'll go years without it and then i'll come back and and right now actually in 20 in 2017 i'm actually in a wave where i'm back at it i'm back kind of like casually taking it like every every couple weeks just randomly like no plans not even sometimes not taking a full dose and i just i'll be at my house it's 10 o'clock at night and i'm like fuck it i'm gonna take it boom take it and just just kick back and write one little cap it depends on what i have because i have i i've got various sources sometimes so i have like two or three and i'll just you know, it'll it'll depend. There'll be that night where I really want to go hard, and I'll take a lot. And then most nights I'll take a stand. What do you do when you're a shrewman? I really listen to music, or I start, I really just relax. I want to be home. I don't want to be kind of out there, especially with my leg thing now, because like now I'm walking with a prosthetic, so I'm not like like I used to be hella adventurous. I'd be shrooming in the woods and <laughs> shit. Like now it's like I, I'm more at the house. But uh, I like to what I like to do the most is I shroom and then. No matter what happens after a while, I gotta just start listening to some music. So I start watching. I actually start watching YouTube. Start geeking out on some shit. Start thinking about shit. Maybe I'll go outside and just walk around the block and, you know, get the get the the blood blood pumping and shit. But I really just kind of like I listen to music and I, and I find myself writing. It doesn't help me write, but I just like writing. Walk you know. me through what it's like, because neither of us have done DMT, and we're like wondering what is okay. Like, walk us through, like, what do you, what, what have you witnessed? What's the? the I mean, the first time I did it, my friends actually ta- videotaped me or recorded it, 
And from my perspective, I have a really bad memory. I don't remember my dreams and shit like that. So my memory was I hit it. I hit that shit. I stood up and then I fell to the ground. And then for me, the the what I tell people all the time, imagine to me it was like a black it was like a black screen and it reminded me we had music playing and so it reminded me of like the game Tetris, kind of like colors coming down at you at fast streams and like it, it reminded me of the game Tetris where I was I just remember grooving out and then I remember having this crazy feeling of that that real despair feeling because your mind's fighting your mind's kind of fighting uh you know once you start tripping your mind's like what the fuck's happening with the, you know, you start doing all that bullshit. And like, I had this crazy feeling, like a crazy scared feeling of like almost falling, like you're about to hit something, like you're about to hit the ground. And and I felt that for so long that after after a while, I was like, well, nothing's gonna happen. You're gonna be okay. And I, and I was like, you're gonna be okay. You're gonna be okay. And then I felt like I was mastering. I finally like mastered, you know, the sense of not feeling like I was gonna hit something. And to be honest, it was just a shower of colors. I can't say I... I after that, it got real silent for a while, and I felt real peaceful. And to be honest with you, it was just darkness and, like, showers of colors. And then to be honest with you, it only lasts 10 minutes, 12 minutes. It, you come back. And how many times have you done it? I've only done it, like, three times. But I just heard from a friend of mine that's actually, like, a kind of like a DMT coach. He told me that I've been Hold doing on. Yeah. Um, yes, I have a friend. What I have, the, I have a homie. Coach. All right, kids, get in the oh, showers. I'll bring them in. You guys just talk, talk to aliens and alien planes. Come on, get hey, up. Give me five laps real I quick. Got my Give homie, me five laps. My homie Arash, who the, who's in the burner scene. He's, a, he's, a, he's like a burner guy. He's all into the you know Burning Man scene and all that music. And he just told me that I've done it three times. He told me that, that I've been doing it wrong. And he told me that you because I've hit it once like I hit that shit like like that. And he told me you're supposed to hit it three times yep. and that you need help. So I might. Well, we've been talking about this. Like yeah. you're not supposed to film it either. Like when you film well, it, I, it, my homies changes. filmed it just cl- I mean, my homies filmed it, but I w- it was I was I was, you know, I wasn't it was I wasn't concerned with it. It go. was like I was out of the equation. They were just laughing at me because I fell. And they were concerned with me. They said I fell, and they said that shit was just coming out of my mouth, like, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That I was like, nah, 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 you know, whatever and shit. And then, then that was it. But it, that it didn't last too long. But yeah, as far as filming it, I mean, that was just one time. But my friend Arash has told me that technically I haven't even really been doing it right. That I should take three, and I can't even imagine. I think I, I would need assistance. So badly, I'll do. Dude. We can arrange this. We can dude, arrange. Dude, so we can arrange this, brother. We can ar- <laughs> actually just somebody the other day, somebody in my DMs offered me some for some tickets to pay dues, and I was like, oh man, I can't. But I'm gonna have to find that 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 uh that <laughs> invite. But anyway, but somebody had slid in my DMs and was like, yo, I got the shrooms and I got the th- this, and I was like, oh word, you know. But so I don't I don't I I've, I haven't done it in a minute. But yeah, dude, my homie says that that you're that you're supposed to have somebody there to to help you go hit it three times. That's what I've and heard. then take the pipe from you. They're supposed oh to yeah so yeah yeah and so yeah. Well, it's a set, look. The thing for me is this: I take I take shrooms, peyote, and something like DMT which I've only taken three times, I take it very seriously. To me, this is like a ceremony. This shit is not a joke to me. Like, none of this none of this stuff is like a joke. Like, I'm not, don't don't think out to anybody out there that doesn't know me or does know me, don't think, you know, maybe you might have seen me at some shows. There's times where I've been at shows on shrooms and I'll tell people like, you know, oh, I'm shrooming and shit, bear with me, I'm a little sweaty and shit, you know? 
or whatever, you know? Because I like to perform on shrooms. Yeah. It's fucking nice. Performing on shrooms is do you, nice. Do you have any problems no. remembering the lyrics? Now, the only problem I ever had with lyrics is smoking wax, and that's why I don't smoke <laughs> that much wax. Wax out of... Wax is the one thing that uh, draw me a blank, and, you know... Rapping is my my money, so I can't fuck with that. So I don't. I don't. That's why smoke I stopped wax. doing coke and doing stand up. I can't you do. Up? I dude, it's literally. The, I can't do it. I can do it drunk. I could. I can't do it on coke. Thank God. Because it'll. Because yeah. I would ruin my life if I could go up there and do my craft coked out of my skull. Dude, the one my one coke experience. Honestly, when I realized when I wrapped my head around the fact that I had did it. I was like, oh, this is what it's like because the world felt so peaceful and everything felt like the world, the universe was in line. It was so, when I finally, you know, I tried to go my whole life without never doing coke. And then, like I said, somebody put it in a joint and I fucking hit that shit. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, that's what, I was even nervous the next morning because I was like, I don't want to get hooked on that shit. That shit was too fucking tough. When I do nice. coke, I feel like I'm in the Motley Crue video, girls, 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 and like you I, can't do that and be doing stand up. Because yeah. stand up is all about. I mean, people th- people don't realize it's really about like getting people in a trance and following you and thinking like how you talk. And if you're screaming and flying a million miles, they can't follow you on that. Oh, so yeah, it's like you can't be the guy running the strip club on stage trying to get people rock. It just, it doesn't work. You could be man. the DJ though. Yeah, you could be. Give the it DJ. up for candy. No, yeah. I, like, I like the DJs when you like, but uh, yeah. So, so with the, the, so for me, like I said, I take this shit real seriously. And to me, it's like a ceremony. So even if I'm by myself at the house, or I just take it seriously. So, you know, I pay respect to it, but apparently I haven't been doing it right. So I'm, I'm looking forward to doing it right right now with the, with my record having just came out and being kind of busy. I've got all kinds of shit going on. I haven't, I haven't had time to like, I really need to take the day off. And it's just like, I really haven't had, when I take the day off, I kick it with my girl or something or, you know what I mean? So it's like, I don't really like, I haven't had that. I have to really know that 24 hours, I'm not fucking with nothing. So I just haven't had that time to do it right. But I, I'm looking forward, man. We can make it happen, dude. Dude, like, we're going to make it All right, it man. Happen. In the next we're couple of weeks, I'm going to find a day. <laughs> find, we got to find a day at, before this month ends and just just go. I'll, I'll go kick it with y'all, man. And we'll, we'll bring my, I'll bring my dude to Rosh. And like I said, he can he can guide us all. The DMT coach. There you go. Showing saying, up in dog. gym shorts and a whistle and a hat. <laughs> oh, you better dress for comfort. <laughs> hey, dress, dress for comfort, homie. Because it, it's twelve minutes of you know, it's twelve minutes of flying. Uh, you, sc- you little woodchucks, time to go to the next level. <laughs> Who wants to go to another di- another yeah. dimension? Give me five push-ups. Hey, man, but shrooms definitely is my thing, man. Shrooms is like shrooms is something that I can honestly take, jump in the car, and go drive to work. Vibe, you know. I'm in. I actually, dude. I, I like shrooming a lot. I, I feel like I've mastered that high. And as long as it isn't overpowering, like some real crazy shit, like sometimes you got to pull over or like, you know, call it a night or whatever. But other than that, I actually function on shrooms quite well, man, to the point where people don't, other than maybe sweating, people don't know I'm on it. I love it, dude. Yeah. Um, it goes deep, man. Do you got another song? Do you want to get into the, we're, uh, we're going to end with that one. But Neil um, Grand. Yeah. Grand. So, I mean, let's just get into the science of it. Uh, DMT, it stands for dimethyltryptamine. And it's a psychoactive chemical that's produced in the human brain within the pineal gland. And uh, historically, it is what the eye of Horus is in Egypt. When you do a cross-section of the human brain, you find where the pineal gland is. It is the exact symbol of it. Yeah. It's Isn't wh- that crazy? That means these dudes way back in the day were chopping dudes in half, and they found it. 
the exact the exact look like the eye of Horus is the exact exactly what the pineal gland looks like. Yeah, and they say the Egyptians used to grind up the pineal gland and in, con- ingest it. We couldn't find exactly whether they smoked it or they just like ate that shit. But I'm considering they they had to just eat it, dude. Like That's you think crazy. back of these Mayans, these Egyptians, and like how advanced their civilization was, but at the same time they're sacrificing dudes. Well, I mean that's it. It was a simpler, it was a simpler, you know, simpler things. We're over here doing, we're over here fucking with fidget spinners and fucking just, <laughs> fucking just confusing the fuck. We're just like, we're just like zombies and shit out here. We, we are I mean? zombies. And and in fact, you're talking about the the gland. You know, one of the biggest conspiracies is that that we're con- our all of our glands are constantly blocked, right? All of our everything that we eat and between the cow, you know, we're our our shit is Calcifies supposedly blocked. It. Yeah. yeah. So. There's the idea that the pineal gland is calcified by fluoride, and fluoride is in all the water, public drinking water. It's toothpaste. Like, it, it's mandatory, right? Toothpaste. That's why my teeth stay yellow, because I don't fuck with fluoride. And the, here's the real <laughs> kicker. The very first people to ever put fluoride in the water were the Germans, the Nazis, in the prison camps for the Jews. And That's they knew crazy. Because if you can calcify the pineal gland, you're going to shut people off so they're not going to be they're going to be docile. They're not going to try to think outside the box and pull That's like a Hogan's insane. Heroes and get the fuck out. So the fact that we d- we continue that tradition of putting fluoride in the fucking drinking water and the first people to do it are Nazis. That's like another red flag that like the Nazis never disappeared. They just tore off that Swazi and put on an American flag. Well, yeah, dude, the science ex- just came over here and just dude, continued doing what they do. Expansion draft, bro. Expansion <laughs> draft. Expansion draft, exactly. You know, man. we just drafted those motherfuckers. We're going to do a whole one on that, that the Nazis never died. They just multiplied. Hey, for real. Hey, honestly, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm a fan now, and I'm about to start listening to all the, the back catalog, man, because you guys are talking... You got the talk and the shit I want to hear, man. Oh, thanks, dude. I appreciate y'all. Dude, we time. really do, man. Yeah, we have fun. And I mean, to piggyback on the human sacrifice part, the Aztecs, they sacrifice people. They cut out their heart while they're alive. And the reason they did that was to increase the adrenaline in the adrenaline gland. And then they would remove the adrenaline gland and remove the pineal gland and combo that shit as a cocktail to high priest and zip off to another dimension. And the Aztecs, nah, they came crazy. after the Mayans. And the Mayans, they created the concept of zero. Like, do you know how stoned out of your mind you have to figure out, like, I am nothing. Hmm. Zero exists. Hmm. Like, anyone can figure out tens and hundreds. But to, to figure out the actual concept of zero, that is, oh, like, really? the most zen. Like, when you get to a real zen state, whether it's meditation or psychedelic use or right after you nut, like, you're the most peaceful fucking human on planet. Dude, that's for you, sure. That's the whole thing about spirituality to get the zero. They talk about that all the time. It's like the the be nothingness is the most uh, elevated level you can get to. Well, that's why having nothing is awesome because you don't have as long as you don't own anything then you what do you what are you worrying about? What are you carrying? What are you like having to stress about? If you if you just don't I personally try to not have anything. Like I don't want anything I don't already have. Yeah, what you own begins you know to I mean? own you. For sure, that's for sure. And they've like we've been indoctrinated in a capitalist society where it's buy, buy, consume, consume, right. spend more, get the next fucking iPhone. Get, like you're never going to be complete. You need more and more products. When really 
you get out to nature and you get out in the forest, you don't have your phone on you, you don't have Wi-Fi signal, you're like, hey, why the let, fuck don't let I me do tell this? you, hey, let me tell you, man, back in the day, now it's impossible now, but back in the day, like in the 90s, even in the or in the early 2000s, when I would go to Europe, right, on tour with visionaries or by myself and I was blessed to go on, on the road, that the best, I swear, I put this on everything, the best time I would ever have in my life would be the month I would go to Europe because my phone didn't work out there. And so if I wanted, the only way I could talk to my parents or my girlfriend or at the time or whatever would be to go to a payphone and call. And now I swear, dude, that, even that is over. Like even that, because your phones work everywhere now, right? But I remember going to Europe on tour and having those be the greatest three to four weeks of my life because no matter what, my phone didn't work and I wasn't responsible for any of it. I mean, I come from an era, we all come from an era where if you wanted to meet somebody, you wouldn't, you would just say, meet me on the corner of this and this at six. And it was your obligation to get there because there would be no, you know what I mean? There would be right. no phones. Even, right. pay, you know, you're not going to go to a pay phone. Like you would just, your word was everything, you know? And yeah, this world that we live in now, man, I'm such a slave. We're all such slaves to our phones. I, I have a song on my new album, Lospital, that's called Insta Snap Face. And it's, it's about that vibe. It's about, you know, when you're living on your phone, it's hard to go home because you're always alone. And you don't like the way your face looks on your Facebook. So you Snapchat yourself into a cat or a dog. And it's like, you know, and it's like all about that. It's so true, about, dude. Oh, dude, the great, I, it sucks. Like, it totally sucks that our phones can do everything because honestly, man, I used to look forward to that. I used to be like, dude, I'm out here somewhere 24 hours, 48 hours, 72 hours. And if I need to call my mom or something, then I'll do it. Right. But then that, that was it. Yep. And it felt so wonderful. I'm totally with that. Well, I'm, too. I'm glad you brought up Europe because that kind of ties it all home. Um, someone mentioned this. It, they gave me an email and they're like, if you guys talk about DMT again, make sure you bring up the Vatican. And there's a statue in the Vatican of this giant pine cone. And the reason why is because the pineal gland is shaped like a pine cone. Oh, it really is, dude. Yep. And so there's something to be said there that it's like, why the fuck is there this pine cone here? Dude, there's like some shit with the Vatican that is just blowing my mind. Like, this podcast has opened my mind to, like, what is going on? It is more than Catholicism, my friend. Oh, man, they, there's so many secrets. I mean, you read Holy Blood, Holy Grail, man. Yeah, like they, dude. They, 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 the master of codes, man. You know what I mean? The codes, they have... They have codes. They have they have developed codes that they that's why they're in control of lots of stuff, dude, dude. Because they have the secret. the The person that has the secret to the oral tradition, the the do the real money. Look, money doesn't matter, dude. You know what what matters is information, books. You know what I mean? There's books that can. There's books and and pages and pages of information that that are the secret to everything. The secret to happiness, the secret to zen. Dude. It's all it's all it's all information and it's all Look who holds at it. This dude. Let me see that. I'm sorry to cut oh, yeah. you off oh, on no, that you're one. Good. My deep apologies. This is the the Pope's auditorium. Oh yeah. Look at that. The snake it's the set of a snake. It's not even high and at the fucking <laughs> base of it dude is the is the throne of Lucifer. In oh, yeah. the Vatican. You guys got to Google search that. Oh, yeah. No, Dude, no doubt. Google search the Pope's auditorium. It will blow your mind. Dude, Dude I cannot believe that. I mean, that. it looks like a motherfucking demon. Yeah. Dude, look at that. I know. Dude, the teeth. <laughs> it, I mean, it, and none of it, look at that. That's expensive architecture. All that is done on purpose. Yeah. 
all everything. I mean, nothing is. I mean, look, as a rapper, I've performed inside of about three or four Masonic temples. And so, you know, when I've been one time I was in Tacoma, Washington, and I performed inside the Masonic temple in there. Let me tell you, it was the most amazing shit because of course, I'm just playing some rave there, but because I know where I'm at, I'm trying to go to every floor and I'm trying to like, I'm like fucking looking through the whole fucking thing, trying to like, and dude, the one thing about this temple was, in re- if you look at it from the outside, right, you could say, if you look at it from the outside, you could say, fuck, dude, this place holds maybe like 4,000 people from the outside. But when you go on the inside, you're like this place holds like a hundred thousand people and it's just the way that they the way the, the way visual it, the dude. visuals outside make it seem like it would it's be a, a building tiny. that would hold four thousand yeah. people but then when you step inside you're like oh my god a hundred thousand people could exist in here it goes deep be- well it's just the way it, it's the visual illusions it's just the power of the power of architecture is one of the things that we never think about i mean the power of of architecture is incredible and i mean it, all the signs you ever need to know about about things they're all in plain sight always at all times yeah. at all time and everything's vi- you know for me that's why my hip-hop the music that i make i read books man and it's like a lot of these motherfuckers out here that are putting out music they don't read yeah so it's like they, their life experience is, is just money money bitches bitches money money bitches money and it's like they don't fucking read and they don't travel so when you don't read and you don't travel, then your experience is limited. So since your experience is limited, uh, that's all they sell to the universe is limited bullshit. And you think it, about that, dude. Like yeah, everybody, dude. If we talk about this on the show all the time. Everybody takes the first exit off the highway. And there's so much more amazing shit down the dude, highway. The world, I mean, this, this screensaver that you have right here is like <laughs> blows my mind away because it just reminds me of, of traveling. You know what I mean? And it reminds me of how big the world is. And, and it, I didn't start traveling until I was 24, 25. So before then, I, I, I just had a limited concept of what I was about until I started seeing. And then I started going to Greece and Paris and I started seeing all the buildings there and I started seeing the sign. I went to Switzerland and Sweden. I started seeing the World Bank and all that, that area. Then I started looking at, you know, the more you travel, I went to Cuba. The more you travel, the more you see what what the world is really like and the more you see the same the same structures, the same laws, the same, and that's when you learn that that you know that that this universe is, dude. Everything's pre pre preordained, and if you're, it's preordained for you to be an idiot. And if you're enlightened, and as you get enlightened, you start seeing the truth, and as you see the truth, you just you become better as a person, and you feel better because you feel, even though the world's fucked up, you feel more safe because acquired knowledge is everything. As long as you're a dumb zombie, then you will always be scared of a fly. Dude, I totally agree you know with that, saying? dude. I totally agree with this that. This has man. been uh this has been like my favorite personal episode because I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, dude, we're gonna interview Tumex tomorrow and he's like, Are you fucking kidding me? And I was like, Man, this for me, because I'm now I'm gonna be sober sixteen months on the six. And if you would have told me seventeen months ago, I'd be sitting with a friend that I'd watch on stage that's now he's a stand-up comedian, he's hilarious, a sweetheart of a guy, and then I'd be interviewing Tumex, I'd be like, you're fucking out of your mind. Oh, I, I'm a drunk, I'm a, I'm a loser, I, I'm not deserving of these things, and I shit you not, the same side of sobriety and psychedelics, they're like two sides of the same coin. Because you get fucking high as shit on, on sobriety, just as high as you can get on psychedelics. Most definitely. But for me, it's like, 
I bought the ticket. Now I got to take this ride to, and see how it goes. And yeah, no, nah, you guys, are, like I said, man, you guys, I'm going I'm to definitely pump this up to my fans and my people. And do my people that, that, that know me and my music, this is exactly what we... This is man. We fiend. I fiend for for intelligent conversation. Dude. I fiend for deeper thoughts. I I fiend for new words, dog. I need to hear. I can't stand. That's why the music. A lot of the music that that uh, that uh, the new music that we make. You know, I have a song. My new song is called "Unfashionable," and it's like you know, I don't want to be the old man shaking my fist, but we've all gone way too far to go out like this. And it's like I I really I can't like as I get older, the 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 industry tells you. Oh, you're older, so go away. Yeah, you know what I mean. So, like, as you get older, the industry's like, you know, you're in your 40s, dude. It's it's ridiculous. One hundred percent. It's ridiculous. So that I can't live by that standard of like, hey, you're older, so go away. No, I'm older, so I'm smarter. I'm older, so I've seen more. Yeah, my stand-up has never been better. Yeah, because you've seen more. You know, you live more. So I can't anything, any anything, any podcast, any conversation that that is is about the concept of critical thinking. I'm all for it. Because I fiend for it. Me and my friends fiend for it. And more importantly, that's our job is to connect the world with critical thoughts because that's the only thing that we have left. I'm, I'm cool on making money, whether I make money or not. I hustle and do whatever I need to do. But my, my main goal in life is to connect people with critical thoughts, whether they're minds or not. So, you know what I mean? I appreciate you guys. Dude, I appreciate you, man. What a great episode this was, dude. This oh, is the deep stuff. You're welcome back anytime. Anytime, dude. Sure, man. We'd love to have you on. You man. know, I'm definitely, I'm going to, next time I find somebody that's worthy, that I think, that I, that I think is worthy. I got a cat that you that you need to meet, man. I got the, my homie named Sky Exists. He is, man, he's, he, awesome. he's a mixture of both of y'all. Dude. And we'll set it up, brother. And I'll definitely come back next time I got something like super important that I really want the world to connect to. Dude, that'd be great, man. We'll set up. We'll definitely make it happen. We're going to go ahead and end the show with our five-star reviews on iTunes. We got a bunch this week, man. We got a bunch this week. Our goal, guys, is a hundred or a thousand five-star reviews on iTunes. Things start cooking for shows when they get to that thousand. So you can say anything you want as long as you give us the five-star. Yeah. That's what we need because it helps us with the algorithm so we can get sponsors so that All Things Comedy Studios and Podcast Network knows that we're, we're grinding. We're out there really trying to make this shit happen. And we love you guys. So here it is. All right. This one is called Tops Five Star Review by Toasty Posty Guy. This show is the bee's knees. Keep them coming. Long live the lizard people. Long live the lizard people. Oh, real quick, before we get into this, I'm so thankful for all the artwork. You guys are cranking out great stuff. You're making him the lion. You're making me the lizard guy all the time, and I don't really mind it, but I'm the panda guy. I want to be panda. I want to be I want to be black, white, no kung fu, and then racism. You know what I'm saying? Like right. I want to be the I want to be the panda. I'm thankful for anything you draw. If you want to draw me as a lizard guy, I'm fucking cool with that, but I want to be the panda, dude. I'm the panda. Yeah, we're going to have the website up here soon, and we're going to get all your guys' art in the gallery, and we're going to be choosing a few select of those to actually make artist rendition T-shirt designs. Yeah, we're going to make T-shirts. Next one. All right, the next one, awesome, five-star review by Electric Shock 9. The show rocks. Keep searching for truth. They blind us with fear and distraction. For the true potential, our spiritual being, independent of our body, is capable of amazing things. Fuck yeah, man. We dig it. And here's the last one by Anna no, C. We got a couple, dude. Okay, I go. Do these. Anna C. 57. My only question is, where the F is the Wake Up Aaron t-shirt? But seriously, regardless, I'm still a huge fan. Mad love from Utah. Boom. Hell Here we yeah. go. Stay Awoke by DNSOBP. 
Uh, I was turned on the show when you guys had my podcast on Instagram. Episode 29 blew my mind. I've been hooked on these topics. Next one, the cast, the Luciferian Aquarian. If I could give it, I'd give it 60, 666 stars. I appreciate that, dude. Flawless Funny by the Lucky Raindrop. Sam Tripoli is the man. Wake up, steeple. The lizard people are everywhere. I love that, dude. Love the podcast, Sam. Uh, five stars by B-E-N-R-86. Punch Drunker, love, punch Drunker loving the conspiracies. Longer episodes, what the fuck? Crickle thinking, five star. Duffman Nation, how are you, Duffman? The definition of crickle thinking summed up in a podcast pretty well. Keep up the good work, five stars. Drop my thoughts. Interesting topics and smooth learning weather. Thank you, dude. Uh, when you gonna call, five stars. Teddy Cole, yes, this podcast is more than awesome. It's deeper than awesome. The balance of humor and truth telling is amazing. Like you guys are waking, uh, walking the tight ropes. Thank you. And two more left. One, 100%. Yes. Five stars by Randy, the ultimate musician. 100%. I appreciate that, homeboy. You're the man. And the final one, the ultimate cosmic goof of intelligent podcasting. I will take that. Spencer YYFGBH. Brilliant content. Well-discussed depth. The great and great guest. Sam Tripoli is a really funny dude. Guys, we love you, the five stars. Man, Tumex, we love you coming on. Thank you so much for being a part of the Thank whole you, show. man, for tell sure. Tell people dude. how they can find you, all your social media. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a new album. It's called Lospital. It's on uh, it's on ilovetumex.com, and it's on iTunes and Google Play and Spotify. And uh, it's a new record. It's dope. We got a, um, Atmosphere on the record. Slug from Atmosphere did a dope song. And, and it's a dope record, man. I got some dope production from a lot of really talented cats. And, man, the record's really good. And we worked hard on it. And um, it's a dope record, man. A new video called I'm Fat. Man, my new video comes out this week. I dress up like Little Yachty. I dress up like 21 Savage. I dress up like Future. I dress up like Migos. We actually, I'm not even joking, we had the costume designer from Migos and, and Future and oh, DJ great, Khaled. Dude. So I'm dressed just like these dudes. And I'm just clowning the fucking shit out of them. And it's pretty funny. It's called Unfashionable. And uh, be on the lookout. So uh, check us out, man. Uh, there's that. Pay dues. I got, there's so much shit. I have a weed swap meet on Sundays. that I. <laughs> there's one tomorrow called the Taco Sesh that I host in San Bernardino that's hard as fuck. And then I, at the, and then I have one on Sunday called Dabbing in the Crates where you could actually go buy weed and you can go record shopping. And how so, can find, yeah. uh, people find you on uh, Instagram? Um. That's probably the only social media I use. Uh, two Max O M D. So two M E X O M D. Two Max O M D on Instagram and yeah, man, follow me, talk to me, dude. And uh, yeah, man, I'm out there, man. We do all kind. I got a million things going on, dude. I I lost my leg, but not my mind and shit. I love it, dude. So I'm back. You know, I'm back in the game. Thanks huh? I love it, dude. We're actually gonna end the song, this whole podcast, with one of your tracks from the new album. Sweet man. So thanks again. You're welcome back anytime. This is Bollywood you. Square. Yes. Yes.
Once again, it's on Los Angeles Mexicans on some fuck Donald Trump shit Selling CDs out of the trunk Spitting bars like a Zanny Gumberdoe Most folks can't comprehend bending light I'm the son of the magician Mission statement hidden in the mission district And the trick is that it's written in graffiti Need a master to deceive me to decipher what I'm breathing Keeping homeless honey come so they can overcome and hone their skills I'm trying to warn you, fame kill Of Mexican descent, I am still You were put on this planet to do more than pay bills your head high and stay chill Keep the freestyle fellowship and free will Two max, LA underground Hall of Fame You know them bars coming out when you call my name I lost my leg last year but it's all the same I'm still the missionary crew and against the grain Trying to tell you that most not the poison in the grain Social media trying to overtake your brain Fame kills so you all are the walking